for those of you who don't know, right? Because some of you, I guess, don't fucking necessarily follow everything that's going on in the world of esports. Uh, there's a big, there's a load of stuff going on with with NIP, and um, Hitchum Chicken is like the CEO, and he's the he's well the and the co-owner and a guy who put a bunch of money in, and he uh, basically came out denied. You know, there, there was when we did the fifth Lauren interview, which if you haven't seen, it's in the YouTube channel. You go check it out. Um, he, you know, Fifth Lauren was saying there's all sorts of shit going on. You know, I haven't been paid. Some of the other players have been treated badly. There's a lot of broken promises. This set off a chain of events where a bunch of people um, came and uh, uh, basically, uh, <laughs> good good call, Dust. I've jumped out, mate. Um, you know, and, and then loads of people came forward and started saying, oh, you know, we're owed money as well. Nip are pretty shady, blah, blah, blah. So, okay, so Hitchum Chicane denied it all, but then they said we will completely give open access to the Esports Integrity Coalition, ESIC, which governs WESA, several other leagues, sign up to it, mostly the ones owned by MTG, the parent company behind ESL, DreamHack, ESEA, and if we're being honest about it, ESIC as well. There's no, <laughs> there's no getting around that fact, by the way, guys, that, you know... I, I don't think Ian takes his cues from MTG, but they were funded by them. So the investigate the investigatory body is um, a, a, a a business of the umbrella. It's under the umbrella of the parent company that owns the uh, uh, leagues and everything that are. And and Weezer itself, where Hitchum Chicane sits on the board. So it's a very you know it, it's a very murky kind of uh, water to wade through but anyway um i like ian i did his first ever interview when he came into esports that's also in the youtube channel uh, i think we did that as a richard lewis show um and so you can learn more about esic there if you're interested but they produced this report and i was just baffled because i was telling everybody like don't worry don't worry about the nip report guys don't worry about that shit esic got it if there's anything to find they'll find it but the, what they've done is they've admitted They've said, oh yeah, NIP did all this wrong, but in conclusion, NIP did nothing wrong and are a model organization. And I'm like, wait a minute, like this this formula, it doesn't add up, man. You've mixed around a few X's and, and, and twos and ones and other numbers that may or may not be involved in maths. I'm not a mathematical person. Um, it, it, it just doesn't make sense. So I wanted to go through it because first of all, and I did say this to Ian, again, total transparency. I said to him like, dude, like why the fuck have you named me as a complainant in this report? Because I, I'm, I didn't complain about anything. And he went, oh, but you know, you alluded to it and your shows. And I'm like, that is not making a formal complaint. I've never complained about anything. I haven't reported anything. So what, how on earth can I be named in this report? Um, so it was, it was like very surreal, and I and I kind of feel that it was rushed, and it was it was rushed, and the conclusion that it was meant to arrive at was basically anything that enabled Hitchum Chicane to retain his status in WESA, NIP to retain its status as a team in ESL and WESA leagues and everything else, and pretty much there was pressure to exonerate them for doing things that are unforgivable. We're, we're literally talking about people had to go public to get their money. And that is, that is the tip of the iceberg anyway. I mean, I'm still looking into stuff, and I've got things that I know they don't have, and I know that there's lies that have been told. So, you know, you're going to have to wait. 
But when it comes, as always, it'll be one of those Richard Lewis has just dropped a report. You know, I just haven't had a lot of time. Let's let's get into this. Uh, let's get into this fucking um, nip document. The Ninjas in Pajamas report by Ian Smith. Oh. Right. So, introduction. This is an independent report into allegations made against Ninjas in Pajamas in or arising from social media posts and uh, of and video interviews with Robin Fifflar and Johansson, a former player of NIP. These allegations, criticisms, and complaints led to other people raising issues about NIP, some public and some privately with current NIP management, or directly with me. I have been commissioned by the World Esports Association, WESA, of which NIP is a member, to examine these complaints and report on whether or not they were valid and have been resolved. The public complaints are listed below with my findings in respect of each, but I believe it is important to explain my process, the people involved, and the context that the overall situation be as fully understood and resolved as possible. Uh, blah, blah. So, pr process. I've been given full and unfettered access to NIP's documentation at their office, where I spent three full days in preparation of this report, in addition to three further days of drafting, desktop research, and interviews. This includes all bank statements, employee and player contracts, external agreements, tax records, inquiries and investigations by Swedish authorities, as well as interview access to anyone express, expressed an interest in talking to. The documentation included the inboxes of all former management, see below, and current management from 2014 onwards, and this consisted of close on 20,000 emails. Obviously, I could not read them all. So, I mean, it does beg the question right at the start, how one man could expect to get through this length of documentation is nonsensical, isn't it? I mean, immediately, this is the type of thing ESIC should have took a staff to do. And the idea as well that WESA put a uh, deadline on this uh, is gibberish. How how this would work in real life, if <laughs> and not esports, which as we all know isn't real life. You would investigate. You would have a, you would have a team of people. You would get the access, and it would take as long as it takes. It would you would keep going until you had uh, exhausted every line of inquiry. So, very strange to me to sort of be like going, yeah, I had access to 20,000 emails. Couldn't read them all, <laughs> but I had access. It's it's like looking for a needle in a haystack, and uh, there's no way that this report, just on the basis of the task involved, uh, could be c called comprehensive, because it isn't, and, and, and it never could be. What this is is basically somebody having access, having a vague idea of where to look, and maybe finding some things and putting them out in the public domain. Any conclusion that is arrived at by this report, to me, is, <clears throat> you know, I don't want to go as far as to say it's invalid, but it's supplementary evidence. It, it, can, it, can, it cannot be considered comprehensive in any way, shape, or form. A key document was the Swedish Tax Authority decision dated 15th of September 2017 reporting the result of an investigation into the tax affairs of NIP from formation to the 31st of March 2016. That, of course, is the um, tax, uh, the back tax problem that they had paid where they were investigated by Sweden, something that I believe Fnatic just had happened to them. And I think they lost 
they lost an appeal or something with the Swedish tax authority. The Swedish tax authority is about as aggressive as it gets outside of the IRS. They're very um, in your face. Uh, there's penalty, jail penalties for non-payment of taxes in Sweden, especially if you're a business. It's very, very aggressive. Um, so we, he talks a little bit about it in the report. Uh, bear in mind that a significant proportion of the documentation was in Swedish, which I did not speak or read. And so, in some respects, things may have got lost in translation, and I was perhaps overly reliant on Google Translate. But with respect to key legal documentation, I took separate first language and jurisdiction advice. Uh, you know, listen, um, there have been times when I'm doing investigations, uh, I might rely on Google Translate, you know, you might have to, but if it's important, if it's, this is just speaking as a journalist, if it's important and it's going to be the foundational basis of me making a public allegation, you better believe that I'm absolutely getting an independent translator to look at that. Uh, and while I admire the transparency of saying, hey, I was a bit reliant on Google Translate here because all the documents were in Swedish, it definitely harms the veracity of your report uh, to, to include it. And I think if you're 100% confident that all of the damning aspects of the report and all of the critical aspects of the report were uh, looked over by a translator, brother, don't leave that out because it's an easy thing to attack you on. And, and I'm not going to do that, but others might. You know, I've already seen the collective groans in the chat while I'm reading it out, and you've got to understand that. So, yeah, that was that also very silly. Uh, Nip produced a document in response to the allegations, which was circulated to the commercial partners and WISA, and as I understand it, to some media outlets. I don't think it has been published, but I was given a copy. So, yeah, for those of you who don't know, this man is a disgrace to people with my first name. <laughs> uh, now, Ian's good people, man. I'm not here to bang on Ian. That's not what this stream is. I can I can uh, disagree with the findings in his report. I can disagree with the manner in which he conducted it. I can disagree with the language he used. And I can say the report is actually woefully below the standard I, I would have hoped for. But it doesn't mean I have to attack the guy. And I'm not going to attack the guy because I think he's a net positive to esports overall. That's not what I do. Um, you know, you have to be a genuine, bona fide piece of shit, which Ian isn't, to, to get me to want to castigate you to the point where we drive you out of esports. But, but anyway, for those of you who don't know, this is absolutely true. What Nip did um, in response to the allegations as they came out, they basically prepared. It was like a government thing, like a talking points uh, document. They created a response that they sent out to their commercial partners um like extra fine and people like that uh and to the other partner members of wisa um you don't need to apologize casey no it's all good um but uh and uh, and to some what the, what they expected were going to be friendly media outlets and it, it to my knowledge it never got printed but it was basically a private denial of everything and, and 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 also and again i only have been i only got told this second hand i haven't seen it um so take this with a pinch of salt but basically it was a it was a private denial of everything with the um added 
everything bad that happened happened before we were here, which if you remember on a previous stream, I have shown you that Hitchum is lying about that. And he was named as an owner, which we're going to get to in this report back in the day. It's bullshit. So, um, and also they said, and on top of the fact that we deny everything that's wrong, we're also going to fix everything that's wrong that we had nothing to do with because nothing's wrong. Excellent. Very Trumpian, dare I say it. Very p political. You don't have to be Trump to be full of shit. All politicians are. Um, anyway, uh, where appropriate, I've taken some passages from that document and used them or adapted them in this report. That again calls the report into question because you are using pre-prepared statements from the accused as uh, presentations of fact. Now, Ian's a lawyer. Um, I, I think I think what, what we will say here is, to, to be as polite about it as I can, this would not pass muster in any true legal venue. This hasn't been prepared to a legal standard, to a standard that any lawyer should be kind of, um, uh, you know, an, an, an independent lawyer should be um, happy about. Uh, anyway, uh, I reached out to Fifth Lauren, Richard Lewis, all former management and complainants, where I did not have direct documentary evidence or complaints. Now, this is true. He did reach out to me. <laughs> But I told him, brother, I'm way too busy. I can't. I can't talk to you right now. Sorry. And he gave me like of he gave me like a 48-hour window with which to do a call. Keep in mind, I live nine hours out of the time zone he, oper he was operating in, or eight hours out of the time zone he was operating in. So including it in there that you reached out to me is very misleading because you did reach out. But um, I very promptly said, we can't, well, there's not going to be time to communicate. I can't do it within the time frame. You need to get this report out. Um, so the, the implication that I have given him information towards this report uh, is there, I think. I think that's fair. Uh, and uh, absolutely not true. I, I, I had nothing to do with this report, nothing to do with this investigation. I didn't provide anything to, to this report at all. Uh, so... It was, it was, yeah, it was basically like that. I mean, he wasn't being forthright. He wasn't saying you have 48 hours to comply. It wasn't like Ed 209, but, but he, but he was saying I have a de like the deadline was pre-agreed. There was no, there was no chance of an extension. You understand? Wouldn't matter if he'd found like, holy shit. Like while I was looking into this fucking stuff about Fifth Lauren, I've actually found that they've got ties to the Illuminati and then it would just been like, well, haven't got time to go into that. We'll just have to, we'll have to pretend that that's not real. You know, turns out Hitchin Jacane is in the Knights Templar, you know, it, but no, we, 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 you've, the, the date was agreed upon and completely inflexible. He had to have a finalized report in some form for public consumption on the, on the date that was pre-agreed. Uh, I interviewed Hitchin Jacane at length. So, just so you know, Hitchum Chicane, again, the accused, is the primary witness and contributor to the report. Thomas uh, Nesling, or Nesla, is it Nesline? Nesline, uh, current chair and shareholder. Casey Al Casey, the current CMO. Michael Tidebeck, current head of partnerships. 
Emil Heaton Christensen, former majority shareholder and general manager, and I spoke to Robin Fifflar and Johansson at length and other parties who demanded anonymity or had to remain anonymous for legal reasons. I reached out to Richard Lewis twice because I know he could have added a unique perspective to my work and may have had documents I may not have seen. Unfortunately, he said he was too busy to talk and I have no reason to think this is anything other than true. I've known Richard for four years now and trust him both as a person and journalist. I took the view that getting my report out as quickly as possible was more important than waiting to see if Richard wanted to engage, which is fair. Um, and I was incredibly busy. I read all the tweets and watched all the videos posted by Fifth and Richard Lewis and former management, including the interview with former CEO and shareholder of Oldco. That's the old company. That's not the official name of the company. It's just an abbreviation. Uh, Nicholas Fischier. And I asked, as did Nip and Wiesa via social media, for anyone with outstanding complaints to Once raise it with me ago, or NIP. All in all, NIP received 10 complaints and I deal with the public. I dealt with the and that's meant to say, with the public and private ones below in as much detail as I believe each warrants. I have received two complaints directly and was contacted with information relevant to some of these complaints. I then compiled this report based on my conclusions from all of the above and taking legal advice from non-aligned lawyers in Sweden, Germany and the UK and relying on my own legal and investigative expertise. On this final point, there are significant legal constraints on what can be said publicly in this matter, but I am comfortable that what I lay out here is factually correct as far as can be verified. No one involved on the NIP side or we so sought to influence what I have to say in this report and no one has been given editorial access to me um, prior sending it to WESA. So let's um let's just break down this first bit because this isn't all that important. It just explains how NIP, even though they look like one continuation of a company, they actually aren't. They were, they were, they were very two separate and distinct entities, even though some of the people ended up being the same. Um, it says here, until February 2014, the brand Ninjas in Pajamas was an entity uh, called Stockholm Esports Production. Uh, that's what I've talked about. That's the one where Nicholas Fischier, who was a guy who used to run 30p, who did lands and had a team, he wanted to branch out into streaming, so he created a Stockholm esports production. He then, seeing the potential boom in CSGO, he wanted, he was able to secure sponsorship and funding. And with Heaton, who he had another business with called Heat PCs, which were pre-overclocked PCs with Heaton's name on it, um, he basically used some of that money to create NIP as it was back then. And they're referred to in this document as Oldco. Oldco had a different ownership and management group to that which exists now. The brand is now owned by Ninjas in Pajamas Gaming. This is Newco. Oldco went bankrupt in 2014, leaving significant creditors unpaid, including the players. This investigation had no access to financial records from Oldco. Newco was initially established in February 2014 with a shareholding split 40-60 between Hitcham Chicane and Emil Heaton Christensen with voting rights 60-40 in favor of Hitcham Chicane who provided all the money. So the key thing to remember here is, by the way, Heaton was so desperate to basic, like, look, fuck it, I'll just say it. He was, he was um, super worried that maybe he was going to have to go and get a fucking real job. So he was super worried about the, the good times coming to an end. And basically, Hitchum Chicane came in with all of the money and um, gave him the shares, right? So Heaton would have the equity should he decide to sell. But Hitchum Chicane had all the voting rights. So in a board of two, <laughs> Emil had uh, more of the shares, but less of the power. Hitchum had the 60-40. So 
Anytime there was a vote, Hitchum, what Hitchum wanted is what happened. Okay, so. And Emil gave that away because, first of all, he has never been confident in what he's doing in business. And he actually always needs a business head around him and always has had one. It was Nicholas before it was Hitchum. And then second of all, uh, he basically would rather have the money than the control because if for any reason things look bad, he can sell the shares, get out, and make at least a, big, a bigger chunk of change back. He would rather have that than have the rights to make the decisions. Uh, anyway, from February 2014 to February 2016, Newco was run on a day-to-day -day basis by Heaton, Lol, Per Lilyfeld, uh, who you'll remember is the guy that we exposed as having, uh, back when I, well, I did it, I broke the story, where back when we first revealed that they were owed money in, um, in 2015, uh, and Per felt left, he fell on his sword, uh, and to a lesser extent, but nevertheless significant extent, Robert Hjelmer. There were external advisors paid very significant sums for accountancy services, but no evidence exists of those services ever having been performed or performed adequately or accurately. Um, now, you will notice that they don't talk about who these people were. There was money going to people who said, don't worry, we're going to make sure you're all up to date on your taxes. We're going to make sure that all your accounts are in order. And, and, and when people were looking at the money going out, everybody assumed that shit was getting done, but it wasn't. And you can see here, there is significant evidence throughout this period of unsound and unusual business practices. You will notice that it says here, February 2014, February 2016, right? That it was run by Heaton, Per Lilyfeld, and Robert Helmer. They deliberately obscure the fact that Hitchum Chicane was involved at this time. So you can you guys can see watching this on the stream that immediately there is a narrative being constructed in this report. The idea that Hitchum Chicane was the majority a voting rights holder yet had no influence in the day-to-day -day running of his brand is frankly gibberish it is gibberish there is nobody that would acquiesce and what they do later in the report is they say oh he um he was too busy leading a full and successful life to actually be running the org and all he had done was drop his money in and walk away but Fifth Lauren put emails out, didn't he? Showing Hitchum Chicane. Saying, we're going to make some changes to the team. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. So immediately, what I want to know is, why, why is the report just omitting him from running the team? He had to run it at least a little bit. We've seen evidence of that publicly. So that is, is very suspect to me. Um, anyway, it says here, Hitchum Chicane for, um, m was for much of this period, um, uh, yeah, Hitchum Chicane was for much of this period the only consistent source of funds, especially in 2014. He put over 2 million sec of personal money into Nuco between 2014 and 2016 without recovering anything. But former management took significant income from Nuco throughout. Okay. So then we have the 2016 reorganization, 
which is still the same org, but they do an internal reshuffle. Uh, Pear Lilyfelt is gone because of uh, the the uh, payment withholding. They blamed him, and he got pushed out. As Hitchin Chikane became aware of the scale of mismanagement, so again, the narrative constructed is, Hitchin Chikane is the hero, people. Hitchin Chikane is the hero, you see. And when he became aware of the mismanagement, forget the fact he was asleep at the wheel for t over two years, which, which is part of that mismanagement, by the way. We have to absolve him in this report. This entire report is constructed to make Hitchin Chikane look good. And it's very transparent that that is the case. Uh, as Hitchum Chikane became aware of the scale of mismanagement within Nuco in late 2015, he decided to reorganize the company and take a more active role in the management personally. Over a relatively short period, all former management were removed from the company, both in terms of management and shareholding. New high-level private investors were found, and a whole-scale corporate restructure took place with new high-level hiring. Hitchum Chikane assumed the role of CEO, a new board was appointed, and a new procedure put in place. Nuco called in the Swedish tax authority and cooperated in a large-scale and comprehensive cleanup of the fiscal procedures of the company. This involved a complete reconstruction of the accounts from the founding of Nuco to the 31st of March 2016. Part of the outcome of this was the tax decision of September 2017. Since March 2016, Nuco has been run on a day-to-day -day basis by an ever-growing senior executive management team, under Hitchum Chikane, the CEO, with strong oversight from a board of directors representing various shareholders, including player shareholders. There is a strong financial control and leadership from a chief financial officer. The player shareholders, I think you can figure out a get right and Forrest, I think that's public information. Um, the, the So the, the reality here is you will, you will notice that, oh, Hitchum Chikane had nothing to do with anything back when it was bad. It was Hitchum Chicane that said, let's get the Swedish Tax Authority in, let's restructure, let's do everything properly, and now I'll run it. Oh, I'm sorry, I don't buy this. I don't buy this at all. It, it, the evidence contradicts it, and it's too clean, and it's too neat. It's too neat a story that actually all the bad guys sort of aren't there anymore, and it was actually Hitchum Chicane, the guy who just so happens to sit on the Weezer board, that was the good guy. Because only the best people work at Weezer. No pieces of shit, right? Anyway, it tells you what the new code board does. Whatever. Give a fuck. Let's have a look at the complaints. I'll gloss over the Fifth Lauren complaint because we covered that extensively. Um, and I'll just read you where they leave the Fifth Lauren complaint about the money he's owed. Newco, as far as I've been able to establish, has never failed to pay its players with one exception that is detailed below. It was particularly through 2014-2015, often late in paying, and its fiscal practices in this regard through that period were poor. Crucially, I checked Newco's current procedures for player pay payments implemented after the 2016 reorganization and found them to be sound and efficient and backed up by education for the players in the basics of personal fin finance management, so a recurrence of the old co-problems is unlikely. I I've seen the allegations of non-payment and the social media campaign pay your players, but could find no evidence, including within the complaints made directly to Nip and me, of failure to meet legal obligations by Nuco after the 2016 reorganization. If there are more people with complaints that have not come forward despite numerous invitations to do so, uh, and must therefore be discounted, they, they must be discounted from my investigation and reasonableness dictates that they have now lost their opportunity. I mean, no that's not how that works either my friend um 
they just because they missed your tweet doesn't mean they've lost their right to claim money that they're owed so that is a fucking nonsensical statement to say that they have lost their opportunity they might have lost their opportunity to participate in your report they haven't lost any other opportunity beyond that um so i have no idea what you're talking about there right uh, former management moved money from old co to new co complaint nicholas fishier there is no evidence of this I reviewed the Newco bank accounts from day one in February 2014, and the only payments in for some considerable time are from Hitchum Chicane as investor. I have not had access to any financial records from Old Co. I looked at Heaton's emails from that period and could find nothing of relevance to this allegation. I also reviewed the Old Co. bankruptcy public administration and full review by the Swedish Tax Authority and the courts in Stockholm in 2014. During the legal case against the management and ownership of Old Co., there is no mention of this allegation. Movement of funds from a failing entity before it is failed is a criminal offense but no charges have been brought as far as i could see i did not seek out an interview with nicholas fichier as i quite quickly concluded that this complaint was essentially a red herring as what occurred at old co was never going to be more than allegation and counter allegation between two parties no longer relevant to the current nip and i had better use of to make of my limited time um I mean, again, I, I don't know if I, I... I understand that you couldn't really do anything with the access you had, but the, the, the idea that the former management took money from the old company and put it into the new company, pretty important, all things considered, when we are leaving a significant portion of the blame on the old company. You know, if you if you are saying, oh, the old company didn't pay and it didn't do this and it didn't do that, but you took all of the money from the old company's bank account and put it in the new company as a starting thing and then left it there, well, the new company is pretty complicit in the problems that we have now and indeed had then from the old company and as is rightly identified there, it's a criminal offense. So the, the idea that that is something we will just... No, let's let's not actually. Let's make that a focus. Put it this way: my investigation is going right to the start, and I want to find out where that money went because I think the explanation that Nicholas Fichier had a mental breakdown, took the money, and fucked off to Thailand. Nah, I ain't having that. I ain't having that at all. <laughs> Sorry. I remember talking to him at the time. I've got the recorded interviews of when I talked to him at the time. And it, it, it that sounds like absolute bollocks. So I, I'm, I'm not having that. I don't buy that for a second. Um, and I'm going to try and get hold of all of the bank statements. So I'm going to find out what happened to that money. Or I'm going to dedicate as much time as I can to it. And I don't think it's an unimportant detail. I think it's a, it's a staggeringly important one, is my assessment. Uh, players not allowed to have girlfriends, point three. Now, you remember this. Again, I, I have, a, I have a, a letter from one of the girlfriends. Um, I have a letter from one of the girlfriends somewhere. I, again, I'll have to go into the dead man's drive and dig it out. I'll have to look for that separately. But anyway, yeah, I got, I, I got sent... Uh, a full breakdown about this point um, from one of the affected Lesson girls three. and uh, they told me the full thing and um, yeah I'll dig that out and include that when I get around to writing my story up but anyway 
as you can see, it's not really relevant to the uh, financial uh, irregularities with, with the with the uh, organization. He says, um, I did not spend much time on this. I asked current management about it, but no one had any relevant information surrounding this claim or its accuracy since it was before their time. Again, not true. This happened while Hitchum Chicane was present within the organization. Um, so this this constant compartmentalization of oh it happened in the past hitchum wasn't there nobody was there no this is nonsense this is this is absolute nonsense hitchum was was the the the, the owner and and you know print very involved at this time so lies um the coaching staff has in the past had a team rule in place where players would ask permission of the coach to bring their partners to tournaments this is meant to improve competitive performance and is common across all sport and is the same in many esports organization today no such rule exists for any teams as far as i can establish but it is not something i regard as important or relevant i agree with you in, on that final bit but just so you know it wasn't about them being forbidden from from coming to tournaments the rule was you weren't allowed to have one period without permission from the org that was the rule if you wanted to have a girlfriend you had to ask permission and they would tell you no because relationships make you bad at video games apparently that was the rule so it's nonsensical to try and pretend that that uh that that isn't what went down and i've got that written from one of the girls that were was affected and i got told it by the players that were affected so the, the, that kind of it does feel like overreach and overstep of the management there doesn't it anyway um hang on let me crack a bit uh that the previous coo of new co had been fired without the board's knowledge and that hc was told the board that the coo would quit Newco board decided to centralize operations and stuff. I mean, this is this is fucking not very interesting. Skip that. Daddy Rich coming in with the hot content. Indeed, thank you, Big Papa Pope. Good to see you. Suspicion that the company of someone or it, uh, that the company or someone in the company misappropriated charity money from a PayPal account. Complainants: Fifth Lauren and Richard Lewis. As Lord is my witness, because I do believe in a higher power, and I believe in Almighty God. Um, I have never complained to anybody. I didn't complain to Ian. I've never reported on this publicly. Um, I have never, I have talked about it as being a rumor, a, a thing that may or may not have happened, but I have, I have only looked at the evidence and never produced a report based on the evidence I had. I have never been a complainant about this publicly, privately, or in this report especially. And may God strike me down. So, other than what's been speculated upon in the vodcast, I think that means my interview, I found very little to go on here. I mean, <laughs> you can Google this and find a ream of evidence, by the way. I was told the PayPal account used for the charity project Go for Balkan was owned by the old company and it has been publicly stated that some of the players in the current CSGO po coach, Peter, had access. So yes, <laughs> nice try with the old co. Peter is still at the org, guys. He's central to it. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, 
I can't. Dude. The only common person between Olco and Newco management was Heaton, and he told me he had no access to that account. Of course. Why would you, as the second board member, why would you have access to the PayPal account? Why? Why would you? I was also told that no one currently at NIP, with the exception of Peter's, ever had access to this PayPal account, including login details or passwords. PayPal have refused to provide information to Newco, and the bank accounts of Newco indicate that they never receive money from PayPal in this regard. So any allegation that Newco misappropriated the charity money is without foundation. And again, no, that's not true at all, is it? Because, yes, right? The bank account you've had access to didn't get the money. But you haven't had access to their personal bank accounts. You haven't had access to the bank accounts maybe you don't know about. You haven't had access to their PayPal accounts. And we can't get into the PayPal account, apparently, because everyone just mysteriously forgot how to log into this. Oh, yeah. That, that oh, yeah, it's fuck. I left it. Oh, what's that bloody email? Like, ah, oh, fuck. Yeah, what's that? Now, again, understand, this isn't even the biggest part of the problems with NIP from around that time period. But just so we're all clear, taking money, right, raising money under the guise of charity is a crime, right, if you then don't subsequently nut up. Failure to account for all of the money, pocketing some of the money for a charity, that's a crime. That's a crime. Right? So this is this is important, isn't it? I mean, the idea that just because nobody... I can't remember the login. Right? It's... Come on. That's not good enough. There has... Somebody somewhere has to know something about this. And if it ain't Peter, I don't know who the fuck it is then. So... It's just ridiculous. Um, to, to make any conclusions when you can't get into the PayPal account. It is hard to know where to take this allegation, so in the absence of any meaningful evidence, I conclude it's not relevant to NIPs that exist today. How fortunate. Uh, that is not to say that this is not a scandal, it clearly is, but it's beyond the scope of my investigation unless someone comes forward with something more concrete and speculation. Matt there is a NIP player in Sweden without a current visa. Complainant, Fifth Lauren. This is not true. In the absence of a player name in the allegation, I had to assume this was a reference to the Australian Paladins player Dylan Dog Chainsky. Or Chainskull. This player has a Swedish residence permit and lives and works legally in Sweden. There was a brief period whilst obtaining legal clearance in Sweden when the player had to be in the UK, which he could do legally, and this may have led to a different narrative arising with, within NIP staff, but I am speculating. If I have investigated the wrong player, then nothing I could see in the employment records at NIP indicated that there might be someone else who was working illegally. No further information has been presented by anyone internally or externally. What I will say is there were a lot of organizations back in 2014 
2015 that definitely played fast and loose with the proper paperwork um certainly around league of legends uh i think we all know that i think there were a number of uh, league of legends players that were competing in the lcs on tourist visas and inappropriate paperwork and everyone was just all fingers crossed and hope nobody notices and that was just how it was um so you know i i, I have no idea uh, whether or not that's the right player. But the idea that NIP have only ever procured proper paperwork for all of their players since they've existed as an organization, I don't buy that. Because I'll point to you m much better organizations that are much better run uh, that, that haven't done that. So, just saying. Accusation. Oh, hello. Do we have? Do we have a? Do we have a frame drop? Did we? Okay. Right. Um, might be Twitch with their wonderful redesign. Seven. That the Fortnite roster uh, was not paid. Um, complainants: Fifth Lauren and Richard Lewis. As Lord is my witness, again, I have n When did I even talk about the Fortnite roster? Like, when did that happen? Like, can anybody tell me when I did that? Like, just show me. Like, just show me where I did that. I, I, we, did, we didn't even talk about it by name in the interview I did with Fifth Lauren. it's like dude like ian man like i didn't <laughs> i didn't do it it's a terrible look for you when in your report that is meant to be factually accurate and and comprehensive you are saying things that objectively did not happen and i i did not at no point have i tweeted this at no point have i done a video about it at no point have i mentioned fortnite by name that's mad like anyway in august 2018 nip was approached by an amateur fortnite roster a contract was entered into between the players and nip the terms of which were clear and agreed by the players you gotta love when they lead with that the contract was garbage but they agreed to it and that's basically what that's saying they agreed to an initial six month unpaid term in return for being associated with nip wow Fortnite was not an established esports product at this point. In 2018? Hello? H Hello? <laughs> like, really? It, it can't be. This cannot be. Like, you don't have to try this hard to run, de like, defense for, for them, dude. You don't have to. Like, <laughs> it, 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 that is not true at all. Fortnite, as a, as a property, was popping off and had record numbers in August 2018. 
So the, the fact that they agreed to six months unpaid just to be associated with NIP is a terrible deal. Also, by the way, most European countries, uh, if, if you agree to a contract and it's not salaried, and then say, for example, another co contract offer that has a salary comes in, that can't you can't prevent them from leaving your contract immediately becomes void you i forget the name of the law but it, it's true across most of central europe so an unbelievably dumb deal that that only really seems to benefit the org by the way but anyway it says that that the six months would help in building the player's brand and make them attractive for tournament participation in addition they were to receive sponsor product so peripherals and social media help and exposure, including Twitch and Twitter verification. I'll I'll wait and see if that turned up. Uh, the contract is clear that they would enter into salary negotiations after their initial evaluation stint, or as soon as they qualified for a tier one tournament. During the initial period, the two different duos split and had no participation at tier one events. Nip decided to abandon Fortnite and announced on the 25th of January 2019 that they were reconsidering their commitment to the title. The roster was kept informed and then released. Despite the contractual right to do so, Nip did not deduct a share of prize money, allowing the players to keep 100%. Dude. 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 Does anyone... Okay. Kids, does anyone see the problem with this contract? Does anyone see the problem with this contract? Just put your hand up. Can we, can we, can we, can I see a raise of hands? Can I see a raise of hands? Anybody? Does anybody see the problem with the contract here? Okay, good. You're the first hand. Tostris. What is the problem with the contract? What is the problem with this contract? Why is this contract vile and unfair, Tostris? Let him let let Tostris answer, kids. No, that's the wrong answer, but you did answer. Right. The reason it's vile and unfair is because we're not giving you a salary. Um you're just associated with us, but we take a cut of your prize money should you win any for the from the non-existent support we're giving you. So their contract is saying we can take a cut of your prize money for getting you Twitter verification. Is that real? Does, does anybody... Let, let's even see, by the way. Let me see who was in this NIP team. Let's do a little exercise. Hey, man, love the report breakdown. No worries. Thank Good you. Work. Appreciate it. Right, here we go. I'm on Liquipedia. So former... Uh, former uh, NIP team. There is someone called Goofy. Right? Let's have a look at his Twitter account. Okay? So. See if you can guess, guys. <laughs> see if you can guess. Okay? We promise we'll get you Twitch and Twitter verification. Alright then. And for that, we'll take a, we'll take a cut.
of your money. Yeah. Well, looky here. That don't look very fucking verified to me, ladies and gentlemen. That don't look verified to me at all. That looks not verified. So good job, Nip. You have uh, you you have delivered on you know the the audacity of this report to say despite their right to take a share of the prize money that they might have uh, they might have got they didn't. Good guys, eh? They failed to deliver the one fucking promise they were made. The one benefit you would have got out of being an NIP. A fucking blue tick next to your name. Which, by the way, these days, may as well be a fucking skull and crossbones. Because everyone who's got one's a fucking nutcase. Brilliant. So Goofy didn't get one. Right? Should we have a look? Should we gonna go... Should we go deeper? I'm gonna pick the next name down. Right? Next player. LD Young. Well, what do you know? Not verified on, on Twitter. What a surprise. What a surprise. And do you want to know, by the way, why no one's getting verified on Twitter? Because they stopped the verification scheme, by the way been stopped it's been shut down because everyone started crying that nazis the imaginary nazis that don't exist were getting verified so now you have to be able to back channel a fucking twitter employee directly and they're like fucking ninjas you, you just you don't see them you you don't even get told if you're getting verified you just wake up with a blue tick next to your name because you've been a good boy and your politics are good but it's okay because let me surely Right, I'm just gonna have a look here, right? Like, there's no way they didn't. There's no way they fucked this up. Okay. There's no way. Hmm. Well, I must be tripping balls. Because all of the names, when you click on them, they don't even have Twitch channels. They, do, they don't even have Twitch channels. <laughs> so how the fuck were their non-existent Twitch channels getting verified? Am I high? No. Nope. None of them have independent Twitch channels. That can't be real. They just must be the wrong names. So, okay, yeah, that's a point. They might, they just changed their names, that's all. So, here we go. Goofy Styles. Good call. I like that. You're thinking. Let's have a look, right? Uh, here. That is not a verified Twitch account, is it? So you had you had one job. You had one job, Nip, to get your share of the money. And uh you you didn't do it. You didn't do it you didn't do it for Twitter, you didn't do it for Twitch. 
So, when this report says <laughs> that the contract was good, really, because Fortnite wasn't a big game in 2018, wrong, that they, they, they were perfectly entitled to take a share of the money, there isn't anybody in the world that wouldn't fucking conclude that, um, that, that, that would be monstrously unfair. And on top of that, you also failed to do the things you promised to do. That you said, by this report's assertion. I was told that after the fifth Lauren allegations, Nip had a call with the Fortnite manager and player... Uh, Cook and players Cookie, Cringe and Young on the 6th of August. They made three complaints in the course of communicating that they were grateful for their time in NIP as it had opened up a lot of doors for them in Fortnite beyond their tenure with NIP. Well, that's all right then. Doesn't matter how shit the contract was or that they didn't get anything they were promised. That's pretty good. Not receiving Twitter and Twitch ver Oh, it was even here. Not receiving Twitter and Twitch verification. The process had become difficult, and although NIP had tried, they had not succeeded in achieving this for the players. Brilliant. Long response times from staff and Hitchum at times. True, and Nip apologized. Negative reference surrounding excessive messaging to all staff that they were in touch with. I have seen the reason for this, and I'm satisfied that it was a valid observation by NIP, but feel they could not have made it externally. No economic claim was made. Both sides consider the matter resolved, as far as I could tell from the available records and interview or management. Right. Just keep point seven in, in your head, by the way, as an example of what bad orgs do. That is not how a top-tier elite-level organization behaves, where you basically trick some kids into coming and playing and repping your brand for free and take shares of their prize money in the contract. You don't do that if you're a top-tier elite-level organization. Eight. HC resigned from the uh, board of ExtraFi as results of allegations against him and Nip. This is not true. Hitchum Chicane resigned from the ExtraFi board in May 2019 for reasons unrelated to the complaint. So, <laughs> so what, again, what you're expected to believe is that Hitchum Chicane actually resigned in May 2019. The complaints come out in July. The paperwork is finalized in July. And that's just a big coincidence, guys. Nothing to see here. Do you want to include the formal letter of complaint with, with a date, with a proven stamp date on it, as would have to be with a company's house, by the way? Because that, that's very easy to clear up. You could just show us the letter of him resigning from the board, and when you send a document in the company's house, it gets it gets stamped by the uh, registrar. Pretty easy. Clean that one up immediately. Um, it was con confirmed to me that Fifth Lauren had reached out to Extrafy CEO Joachim Janssen, who clearly communicated that the change had been agreed to in May and had nothing to do with their allegations, but the allegation of a connection was still broadcast. Yeah, I... I published that that he'd resigned from the board so I'll, I'll 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 stand by that one the idea that i'm supposed to believe before this came down the pipe because here's the other thing they were they were looking into shit about fifth lauren before fifth lauren went public by the way this was all still going on privately yeah fifth lauren talked in july but the idea that there wasn't stuff going on behind the scenes 
and that Fiflarum was very clearly disgruntled and people knew he was leaving Twitch. Come on, man. Don't tell me it wasn't linked. Don't tell me you just decided apropos of nothing to resign from a board with a with a with a date that just so happened to align with the shitstorm. It's too I don't believe in coincidences like that. Nine exist. Complaint Twitter. <laughs> Departure wasn't handled pretty either. In my 20 years in traditional sports, I have yet to meet a player in any sport who was happy to be benched or released. So all complaints of this nature I treat as being normal and natural. There is no good or easy way of telling someone they are no longer needed in a competitive environment. Having said that, there are ways of handling these issues that are better than others. But that is a man management skill and differs from person to person depending on their own personality and self-awareness. For these reasons, I see no value in setting out the reasons I was given for the benching and then transferring of Exist. What is clear from the documentation is that Exist was paid full salary while benched before he was transferred to FaZe. In the transfer of Exist, there was a three-way deal including Nip, FaZe and Exist where as far as I can see, all parties were in agreement at the time. There was apparently the option for Exist to remain on the bench with full pay until a new offer came in uh, in the event he did not want the transfer pr proposed to phase. Nip have reached out to Exist to see if he's unhappy with this agreement, but he has not responded. Okay. So, what what do I conclude about point nine? There's something afoot, isn't there? I mean, like, what are we talking about here? It, it literally says nothing. What does the three-way deal mean? Did Exist have to pay part of his own buyout? Is this what we're talking about? Was there salary in lieu? Like, what was agreed upon here? No details. You don't need to know about that. Whatever. Adam Freiberg Freiberg. Complaint on Twitter. Same for me. I make the same caveat here, blah, blah. What complicates this matter is a contractual dispute arising from player obligations to stream a certain minimum amount of time per month. There was concurrent agreement between Twitch and Nip that made these minimum obligations necessary so that NIP could fulfill its obligations as an organization to Twitch. In his final year with NIP, Freiburg was contractually obligated to stream a minimum of 10 hours per month. Freiburg failed to meet this minimum requirement for 14 straight months, despite NIP making numerous requests that he fulfill his obligations. Nip lost $19,862 as a result. Nip withheld this money from Freiburg in the settlement of their financial obligations to him on his release, and this dispute was picked up by the CSPPA on Freiburg's behalf. I've seen the correspondence on this from October 2018. Nip responded and have heard nothing further from CSPPA or Freiburg. Nip have reached out again to Freiburg but have received no response, but he has since talked to journalists at Dagens Neringsliv about this dispute. They contacted Nip for comment and Nip provided all the relevant documentation and no further contact has occurred. In light of what I've seen and removing the emotion from the situation, I have to conclude that Nip have done nothing wrong with respect to this complaint. Now, in regards to this... Um, let me just see if I can find that report for you. I might have to get that separate and put that out at another time. Anyway, if you want, you can go and watch. There's an interview, I think, with the Score Esports where Freiburg talks about this. 
So feel free to go and, and watch that interview with Freiburg and make up your own mind uh, about whether or not you think that complaint is valid. Because here's what I do know. The idea that Freiburg missing out on, like, th these targets of streaming was, like... A affected you know affected them to the tune of nineteen thousand dollars or whatever i'm i don't buy that at all um and um I, freiburg had a few things to say about it which when i put out my report which all we're doing tonight is just breaking this one down when i put out my report i'll, I'll be sure to include freiburg's statements and you know we're going to talk to him and hell we might even do a we might even do a richard lewis show together where we talk about this stuff because honestly the idea that Freiburg like be, you know was serially not meeting these targets and and you know blah and it was like Nip weren't, didn't know about it and weren't doing anything about it and then they just withhold some money at the end no 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 again I don't buy it it's nonsense uh Mikhail Makalela Bill uh, I only make reference to this claim by name because Makalela is someone mentioned at length in the Fifth Lauren and Richard Lewis interview. I mean, I wouldn't say he was mentioned at length. It was like once or twice, but okay. I will not go into the nature of the complaint as it has been made privately in correspondence between Makalela and Nip, except to say that it relates to the 2014 DreamHack Major. Having looked at the surrounding correspondence and contracts, I emailed Makalela seeking clarification of aspects of his claim that I couldn't understand or didn't think were valid, but he has not responded to me. In the absence of further information from him, I have to conclude this issue was resolved. <laughs> um, my assessment of this issue from what i have seen is that he has no legitimate complaint from a legal perspective but i cannot be definitive about that so again if you watch fifth lauren interview basically what happened here with makalela was that um i mean you know they completely uh first of all they brought him into the team you know without even talking to the players and then as a result there was a bad atmosphere and then when he came in um he sort of had to go and also there's some other shady shit going on behind the scenes in uh in res uh, in regards to some leverage they used over makalela that i can't talk about right now um so the idea that in the absence of makalela you know communicating with you you have to conclude that not everything was done properly not at all i mean i think i think there's actually enough evidence to suggest at the very least the transfer was handled very poorly and not to not in a not in a way that suited makalela or the players which i don't really care about how you handle your transfer business frankly i care about how you handle your money and how you look after the players that's what i really care about uh the player welfare and, and money this is uh you know small potatoes for me but strange conclusion 12. Michael Knudsen, the former Dota 2 team manager, manager, he said, HC, that's Hitchum Chicane, refused to pay her half her salary and she had to sue Nip and then received a payout. This is not true, apparently. I won't go into detail about why Knudsen was dismissed by Nip to save embarrassment, but the record of legal proceedings are clear. Her claim was summarily dismissed. So, so, wait. If it was dismissed, that doesn't mean she didn't try to sue them. So that's strange because those those are contradictory. Um, her claim was summarily dismissed. Nip did pay an invoice she had submitted on May 28, 2019, months ahead of the allegation. At the same time as the relevant Twitter post, she contacted NAP about outstanding interest and previously unclaimed days. This case was resolved. Resolved how? Did they pay her? If they did, uh, then 
like it's so all over the place so and again i i i read the i read the twit longer that they put out and and you did this report is saying that this is not true we're say we're going to save embarrassment about why this individual was kicked out of the organization implying that there's something wrong with them but i'm not i'm just going to allude to it that's very unprofessional then you go uh the record of legal proceedings are clear her claim was dismissed but she did but, but that states that she did take legal action dismissal can be for a variety of reasons it doesn't mean that your claim is baseless it can be dismissed on procedural reasons it can be dismissed because you run out of money and you can't retain an attorney it can be dismissed uh, because you don't further pursue the complaint it can be dismissed because you settle the complaint so this is very bizarre um and it says here that yeah there was some outstanding pay and it was resolved so that's bad right i mean okay kevin mickelson former dota 2 team manager complaint multiple allegations about hitchum chicane not fulfilling promises and treating them poorly this is a difficult case to resolve as the allegations are largely personally against hitchum chicane and much of the communication was verbal so there's a little concrete concrete for me to examine here um Mickelson was apparently introduced to HC by former management prior to the 2016 reorganization because of course he was because of course it was the former management's fault again even in a case like this um <laughs> he was dismissed during the early 2016 cleanup of the company when Hitchum Chicane took over KM came back for a short tenure in 2017 managing a Dota 2 team when Nip closed down the Dota 2 division in 20, 2017 due to poor results and the team not finding a stable roster they offered KM a position on the social media team he was apparently not interested in that role and left NIP it is clear that some months later he reached out to Hitchum Chicane with personal financial issues requesting help in covering his private bills through extra remuneration from NIP for his time with the organization this is framed differently in his twit longer complaint but the correspondent gives no indication either way from a company perspective it was deemed his relationship with nip had ended but as km had a long relationship with dig life the investment vehicle and nip hc gave km a small project at nip to help his private situation as a gesture of goodwill as far as i could tell the project was never completed but km was paid in full up front what i've seen are facebook messenger exchanges between km and hc that are cordial through a large part of 2018 that do not raise any of the issues post-resolution that km complains about in his twit longer post this makes it hard to make any sort of judgment on this complaint but it does appear that from a legal perspective in any event matters are resolved so again what we have here is seemingly someone's promised some money seemingly someone doesn't get that money for doing something for an ip then they settle it and because it's been resolved after the complaint it's all fine now again keep in mind number seven keep in mind number 13 keep in mind number 14 that we're going to get into and when we go to the conclusion just see if you can see why it's laughable 14 mara designs Hang on, sorry, i'm scrolling can you stop please um misled about payments and jobs at nip as a graphic designer the bulk of mara's complaints were morally if not legally justified fuck right off take me back to page one you fucking piece of shit right uh they were 
morally, if not legally justified. This matter was poorly handled by mid-tier NIP management over a sustained period. I looked at the chat logs relevant to this, and Mara was justified in thinking his expectations were legitimate. This arose largely due to language difficulties. But that is a poor excuse. Having said that, it does appear that once senior management were made of the complaint, they acted quickly to resolve the situation, and an agreement was reached. So again, if you know about the Mara complaint, this is again, missing payments, they're doing graphic design work, not getting paid for it. Who delegates to mid middle-tier management? Who hires the middle-tier management that deal with it badly? It's the guys at the top. And a fish rots from the head down, so who do we blame? Apparently, again, look how it's framed. As soon as Hitchin became aware of why are you not aware of what your middle-tier management are doing in your org, in your name, with your business? How is this a thing? How can you just walk away from it? Like, at no point were you aware this was going on. Habitually, it seems. It's always the middle-tier management. It's always when Hitchin gets involved that it gets fixed. Fuck this report. It's so ridiculous. It's like a contrived fairy tale. You know, Hitchum Chicane, superhero, it may as well be called. And I don't buy it. Because, again, <laughs> when it talks at the end about how Hitchum Chicane has this super fold for life and he couldn't possibly be running Nip back in the day, he's, I've got photos of him from all of the fucking events that he's at with Nip. He's there in person, but he's too busy to run the org, but he can go and have a jolly up for, for, for a long weekend. Benji Jansen, poor treatment of a volunteer social media community liaison. Again, this complaint was morally, if not legally, justified, and Jansen's treatment was poor. Following the complaint, NIP's CMO contacted Jansen and apologized for his treatment over his time with NIP and explained what procedures NIP put in place to avoid this type of situation arising in future, like anyone gives a fuck once you're out. The person responsible was dismissed soon after the described events. Jansen was asked if there was anything he needed NIP to do to resolve his complaint, and he's responded that he only wanted to make sure that people hear his story, as he does not feel he is owed anything today. I'm satisfied that procedures now in place will help avoid this type of malpractice, although I believe the over-reliance on and poor treatment of volunteers is a cultural phenomenon that is over-prevalent in esports generally, and companies, including NIP, need to be considerably more careful in how they interact with these vital members of the esports community. 16. Private. Complaint. Volunteer mistreated and misled about pay positions at NIP. NIP received a private complaint from a person that had some time ago complained publicly about their treatment at NIP. The person had a bad experience with NIP under former management, where they had been promised a pay position at NIP TV and or payment for their work, but did not get anything apart from vouchers to redeem on the company store. This approach appears to have been a just expressed frustration with the situation, but no intent to go public again as they felt the door was closed on the matter. From what I saw, the matter is resolved, but it is true that Nip's behavior was poor with regard to this person during the period before the 2016 reorganization. Again, classic. Just, we'll just get rid of that one. It's what, nothing to do with Hitchum, even though he was there at, in 2014 as an owner. Nah, not a problem. Adam Crunch Escobedo. Poor handling of his release from the Nip PUBG roster. This was handled poorly by Nip. <laughs> cool. I'm seeing a trend here. There are some underlying reasons, but the manner of un was unprofessional, and Nip have held their hands up to that publicly. I have looked at the new protocols to release and or transfer of players, and they should avoid this kind of incident occurring 
in future. Let me just, um, because this is PUBG, so let me just uh, fill you in on, uh, on this. What actually happened here. So, basically, uh, he was dropped from the organization. He never had a meeting with anybody at the team. Never got told why, and was just literally told he was kicked. And then somebody said, didn't you have a meeting with Hitchum and Drew? By the way, that's Hitchum, who now is involved all, with every little detail for some reason. Um, and then he said, Drew tried to schedule a meeting, and every time he did, Hitchum wasn't around. One day I woke up and saw the tweet that I'd been dropped, and I assumed that was that. Before scheduling the meeting, I was also ignored by the entire team when I tried to contact them for a week and a half. I had no idea what was going on. And then the, the NIP manager says, from my understanding, you should have had a meeting with them. And then he goes, never did. Like I said, I woke up, saw the tweet, I've been dropped, and just assumed uh, that I was either out of the team or had been transferred to Liquid. So again, Hitchum Chicane uh, refused to attend a meeting with a player he dropped, even though that's apparently their fucking protocol, uh, has now just mysteriously decided it's super important to be in on these meetings but didn't do it between 2014 and 2016 even though there's evidence that Piff Lahren's put out publicly of him emailing people and and him choosing the rosters and stuff so yeah don't worry nothing to see here coup former league of legends player complaint not paid prize winnings from 2014 this complaint was valid Koo reached out to Hitchum Chicane over twitter following and again remember Hitchum Chicane's at this org in 2014 uh Reached out to Hitchum Chicane over Twitter following Fiflaren's interview. Upon examination, it was apparent that Koo was correct in his assertion, but current management was unaware of his claim. So again, Hitchum's there in 2014, does the reshuffle, and just and, and he's not unaware. They just don't feel obliged that they have to pay it. But they'll do it now, now that it's public. They'll do anything now. He was paid the correct amount on receipt of his invoice on the 9th of August 2019. So just five years then. Just the five years. Just five years to get your money. No big deal. I think five years might actually be the longest I've heard of somebody waiting to actually get their money. I know plenty of money that ain't been paid and ain't going to be paid. That's longer than that. Five years. And again, just nothing. No damn, no condemnation in this report. When every time he does something good, you go, oh, but Hitchum's game. Like, pull the other one. It's got fucking bells on it, mate. So, and again... I have to stress this because everyone seems to have forgot this detail, including the guy who does the investigation. Hitchum Chicane was there in 2014. He was involved in running the org in 2014. He will have known who was owed money. They didn't pay because they thought when they did the reshuffle, everyone will just forget about it. We'll just keep stringing them along and we'll blame it on the old guys. But then because of Fifth Lauren's fucking complaint, that was off the table. You had to come forward and basically pay. Right? And like that, by the way. Gone. Paid. No problem. You had the money all along. Food, water, and shelter is available on the NIP website. <laughs>
private complaints. In addition to the above listed issues and complaints, I was approached privately by a few people on condition of anonymity, and I will honour that. How very noble. Um, some were legally constrained and others simply did not want it known that they had spoken to me. Nothing I have experienced in the course of this investigation gives me reason to think any fear of retribution or other action by NIP or anyone at NIP in this regard is justified. Guys. Right. The CEO of NIP, who has literally manipulated a supposedly independent body into writing a report that's all about just fucking praising him and saying what a great guy he is it doesn't even absolve the org it absolves him individually he sits on the board at Wisa. he is effectively not just manipulated you into giving this favorable report but on the time frame he wants he has sent out documentation to media outlets pretty much telling them what to say and you don't think people should be worried about reprisals. You don't think this guy is a, 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 a stakeholder in esports, but much higher than any other player. No, that's nonsense. you got every right to fear people like this. Every, every right. Because he's a manipulative piece of shit. And I ain't afraid of this guy. And if you want to fucking come at me and fucking sue me for all the shit I'm saying, again, I'd love it, dude. I wait for the day I flop the dead man's drive out in a, in, in a court. I'll, I'll live for that so please but you ain't fooling me brother you ain't fooling me i know what you are i know how you've lied when i do my report i can't wait i can't wait to see your fucking jaw hit the floor because you're not you're not getting away from me no chance you fucking liar it's outrageous anyway I gave the promise of anonymity, and I can't go into detail about the complaints. Could that that would expose the persons involved and undermine the anonymity I've agreed to provide? This, of course, makes it difficult to say anything meaningful. Against that background, I say this: nothing complained of gives rise to any claim in law, and no money is at issue. Without meaning any disrespect at all, those who contacted me, my impression is that most people just wanted to have a moan. Some were justified. It is clear that the period again. 2014 bad 2014 2015 bad hitchum chicane there when it was bad but hitchum chicane good so we're just going to ignore it thanks for the gifted subs krl leet is that actually you krl is that you sub if it is big shout out here we go this is it guys this is the fucking cherry on the cake wait you're not going to believe it hitchum chicane involvement I believe the level of criticism leveled personally at Hitchum Chicane, both directly and by implication and insinuation throughout the Richard Lewis interview with Fifth Lauren and further solo video in response to Nip's website statement, that's mine, as well as Fifth Lauren's and other tweets over the period late July to early August, justify a more detailed report from me. There are two principal complaints, allegations, insinuations. One, HC was involved in former management 2014 and 2015. He was. He was. There's multiple documented evidence of this. And Hitchum Chicane is just a continuation of former management in style and is a bad guy who is not good for esports and that current NIP is just the same as old NIP, essentially, that nothing has changed in NIP over the last three years. Let's address the allegation that Hitchum was involved before 2016. Was, though. It is crystal clear that Hitchum Chicane was not involved in day-to-day -day management in this period. Really? 
really. I I really fail to see how you can arrive, not just at that conclusion, right? But let me let me just see, because um, I I always forget if Fifflaren deleted the emails. Uh, okay. Right. So, can anybody then, okay? If it's crystal clear he wasn't involved. Crystal clear. And we'll read the rest of the report in, in, a, in a moment. Crystal clear. Crystal clear. Without doubt, without obfuscation, obfuscation without cloudiness. Absolute crystal clear, right? Why then, okay, in this tweet by fifth lauren are there two emails okay it says here since 10 people and there will be more have come out against hitchum chicane and it, it, it says doesn't since 10 and it doesn't seem to have worked maybe internal emails from 2014 and 2015 will hard to think just an investor signs player contracts and asks for weekly meetings with the rest of management so there's one of the emails right from hitchum you can see it hitchum right and there's another one hitchum so like robin says if it's crystal clear crystal clear that he had nothing to do with the day-to-day running of the organization in 2014 to 2016 what are these emails about how how, how is that possible and there's others and there's other things anyway crystal clear he had nothing to do with day-to-day -day management just making weekly meetings just saying what players they sign nothing nothing important during this period Hitchum Chicane was employed full-time in the finance industry, co-managing one of the largest hedge fund, hedge fund portfolios in the Nordics. He was commuting between New York, Oslo, and Dublin. He was also running Dig Life, an investment vehicle with two active projects, mainly focused on Gunner Optics. This is how he met NIP's former management and a smaller project in LGB Esports. Simultaneously, Hitchum Chicane was undertaking an intense university course. I've spoken to people who worked with him over this period and they were unanimous that he could not have had time and was demonstrably not involved in the day-to-day -day at NIP. In addition, I followed multiple email trails over this period and it is clear that what Hitchum came is primarily trying to do was get information about the affairs of the company from former management. In a nutshell, Hitchum came as an investor trying to be involved as he could manage to protect his investment, but nowhere near enough or with enough cooperation from former management to do that effectively. It is my opinion that the NIP statement of the 24th of July, that's the one we read in the previous video, it's up on the YouTube, was somewhat ill-advised and unintentionally misleading. Oh, he's had an accident. He's only misled people by accident, ladies and gentlemen. He's only fucking gone and misled people. But I hate it when I accidentally mislead people to my benefit. I hate it when I do that. You know, because it, most people would call that lying. 
Most people would call that lying, but lying has to be intentional, doesn't it? Lying has to be intentional. So it was, uh, he unintentionally misled you guys, right? Unintentional. It implied that Hitchum Chicane through Dig Life, the investment vehicle, had no involvement with NIP before taking over in 2016. This is, of course, not accurate. accurate. He did have some involvement. It was his money, after all, that created the new company and allowed the NIP brand to continue. Some of the reporting I've seen suggests that more knowledge of corporate law and practice would have helped provide a better basis for more informed comment. Dig Life owned a majority share of 40,000, 40%, 40% in Newco, where Heaton owned 60% at the time. The voting structure was 60-40 the other way. Thus, Dig Life did not have qualified majority and voting power required by Swedish law to control the company at its sole discretion. A qualified majority, which is the point at which a single investing entity can make sweeping decisions uh, and change changes the management, legal structure, the board, etc. on its own requires at least two-thirds of the votes. With a 60% vote share, an investing entity has enough power to veto major decisions, but not enough voting power to put them through. Right. So again, like I said at the start, what do you think happens? Right. Heaton comes to the board and he says, hey guys, I want to do this. Now we're vetoing it. Hey guys, I want to do this. Now we're vetoing it. Hey guys, we want to do this. Well, am I vetoing this? So, in other words, what you're saying is that nothing gets done if people don't play ball. And remember, Hitchum chicane's the money. Who do you think wins in the great stalemate, guys? This is this is semantics. This is this right. He could stop Heaton making any decision, but couldn't push through any decision himself, except by threatening to leave, leaving Heaton completely high and dry. Who do you think gets their way in that power differential? Oh, that's right. It's your boy, Hitchim Chikane. They think you're dumb. They think I'm dumb. These people in esports that put this stuff out, they think you're stupid. They think I'm stupid. They think everyone is stupid but them. They think them as failed, failed fucking businessmen that come into our business think everyone's an idiot except them they're all the same nicola niome hitchum chicane they're all the same they think they're the smartest people in the room and they don't even know who's in the room they don't even know what the room is fucking idiots so he just had complete veto power but no real power just complete veto power guys Hitchum Chicane was involved in the initial phase when they were getting the company up and running with frequent meetings, reviewing legal documents and financing the startup. This is clear from the documents and emails. Over time, this involvement faded away as he was occupied with his finance job, dig life, gunner optics, and his education. On occasions, Hitchum Chicane would be consulted about larger projects, such as when Extrafy Gaming was started by former management, or for further financing, and gave input in those talks. He also tried taking initiative over those years and helped out when asked by management if he could. This included signing documents in the absence of management on some occasions. So, again, he doesn't run the day-to-day, -day, but he's signing legally binding documents, but he's not running the company, guys. Nothing to see. Nothing to see. Uh... <laughs> 
That included signing documents in the absence of management on some occasion being named in the proposed business plan aired by Richard Lewis in his solo video referred to above. That business plan was created in early 2014 before the company recruited Pear Lilly fell to assume daily responsibility, leading to a structure very different from the one proposed in the plan. In actuality, I mean, how convenient as well that the, the structure you had isn't written down anywhere. All we've got is the supposedly legally binding documents, but yes... Yeah, ignore those guys. Ignore those legally binding documents where everything's written down. We just didn't do it like that. You see that plan that says we did all the things? We didn't do those things. We just wrote it down, signed it, legally agreed to comply by it, and then we just threw that in the bin and didn't do any of it. And you have to believe this. You have to believe this, and if you don't, well, you're just being malicious. You're just not informed, are you? You know, just the legally binding stuff says we did it the different way, but ignore that. We really did it the other way. We did top secret, though. Top secret, of course. In actuality, the people referred to in that plan, Gustav, Emma, and HC, were not involved, as the plan suggested they might be. All tasks were assumed by Per Lilyfeld, including accounting and payroll. Wow, you mean the guy that you guys fired and blamed everything on? actually was doing everything in the company really how convenient how convenient isn't that really convenient i seriously i uh, i take it all back i take it all back guys now basically what happened uh, was that the people who were written down on a legally binding document uh, of corporate structure did nothing actually within those remit of the jobs that they took salaries for and actually Per Lilyfeld, the guy who was used as a scapegoat for the non-payment of money during that period and fired actually really did everything in the company nobody else did anything it was Pear it was all Pear was all pair. Was all pair. Uh, you know, I, I, again, I can't believe anybody would fall for this. Can't believe anybody is uh, is going to fall for that because it it just doesn't. It's just not real. It, it's just nonsense, isn't it? Nobody else in the company did anything except the guy we fired for being bad. So everything's on him. As Gunner Optics sponsored NIP and HC had invested through Dig Life, he would also be present to watch games at some events over the years. Yeah, that's right. Remember the guy with the super busy lifestyle? Remember the guy with the busy lifestyle? I've got a, I've got photographic appearances of all, all the events he was at, by the way, as part of this report I'm working on. He pretty much went to ooh, most of them. Uh, most of the events NIP were at. Hitchum Chicane could go to, which is very weird, isn't it? Because I've just been told by a supposedly, you know, completely exhaustive and thorough report that he was too busy to run his business, but not so busy he couldn't go to events and pop corks and drink drinks and hang out with esports people and introduce himself as a very important money man and forge bonds and worm his way into things like we sir you know but he was really busy guys really really busy too too busy to run a company but could take four days at a time to travel with the team and drink and party and do business deals for the company he wasn't running of course
Uh, in particular, DreamHack and Yon Sherping were going to Optics routinely had a booth presence. He also tried setting up monthly calls for updates to ensure his money was being well used as he became increasingly worried about the investment he had made and wanted to have a more frequent dialogue. These attempts at involvement, which may have been mis misconstrued by Fiflarin and others as evidence of actual daily management, were as evidenced by multiple emails an attempt to find out what was going on in the company. I consider this normal investor high-level involvement has been heavily misrepresented to fit for Florin's allegations, and it's simply not true. Let me tell you, guys, uh, fact, this is a fact. I don't know why Ian's glossing over this. When you're an investor in a company, you get to ask questions about where your money's gone. You don't get to talk about the signing of players. You, you don't get to demand meetings with people. Your money has gone into a company. You can choose to withdraw it through whichever mechanics you put it in. You don't get to say, hey, we're so, right? Like, if I, if, I, if I own shares in a sports team, I don't get to say, hey, Steve Bruce, uh, I own shares in Newcastle United, so you have to go out and sign this player. It doesn't, no, 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 no. And Ian's from a sports background, and he knows that. So you're entitled to ask questions. You are not fucking entitled to be basically demanding and running the, the, the show at all as an investor. But he wasn't just an investor. <laughs> That's the point. He had a corporate role within the team. He was effectively a co-owner of the team. Uh, he was the sole financial source of money for the team and the org for at least a year, if not two. So... He was running the team day to day. And anybody else is, anybody that tells you different is lying to you. Of course they are. Nothing has been misconstrued. Um, I, and so you know this isn't normal high-level involvement. You know this isn't normal. You know this isn't normal at all. You have investor meetings. You raise your concerns on investor meetings. They generally happen quarterly. That's how it works. That's normal high-level involvement. Um... Heaton confirmed in several media interviews and to me directly when I interviewed him that Dig Life was a passive investor. Brilliant. Heaton, the man completely fucking reliant on that money uh, and got bought out for a very nice amount. And now is, you know, and basically was given a salary for an ambassadorial role. Uh, where, in other words, where he did nothing except keep his mouth shut. Yeah, that's a guy I'm going to rely on uh, for information, actually. I'm going to trust him. Uh... And then, current management would remain in control of the daily operations. A wave of problems arose in 2015-2016 with former management, causing the need for further financing of the company to settle due prize money, salaries, and settlements of run-ups and unpaid taxes. This ultimately led to, the, led to the departure of former management, which was communicated publicly at the time. Hitchum Chikane came in as CEO and pumped a considerable amount of additional money into NIP. All in all, it's worth noting that Hitchum Chikane has put more than 7 million sec of his own money into NIP since February 2014. As CEO, he draws a modest salary. And? And? Again, why do I... Why do, why, why the need to make Hitchum Chicane this benevolent guy? It doesn't matter how much he's put in. It doesn't matter how much he takes out. I don't give a fuck. We're talking about how the org is run and who's running it and how they're not paying players and they're not paying additional people like graphic designers and social media managers and how they're making... You know, but again, they have to tell you how good Hitchum Chicane is. This report literally has to tell you how good Hitchum Chicane is. 
Everyone I spoke to that worked with Hitchum Chicane prior to him assuming the CEO role had nothing but praise for him. Oh, do tell me more about our Lord and Savior Hitchum Chicane. Do tell me more. I pointedly asked his chairman and others whether they trusted him and felt the company was in good hands, and they unanimously agreed that they did. However, the real story is where the company is now. At the end of 2015, the company was five players, a coach, and two staff. Today, Nip Extrafy employs almost 50 people with offices and facilities in Stockholm, Landskrona, Berlin, and Sao Paulo. The company has a solid investor base, including wealthy families and VCs in Norway, Sweden, and England. There has clearly been significant growth and professionalization. And yet, so many of these complaints are from like the last couple of years. But ignore that. My own assessment is that Hitchum Chicane saved Nip from bankruptcy in 2016. Well, again, that's not an assessment. That's a fact. But that doesn't mean Hitchum Chicane was also on the management team that brought them to the verge of bankruptcy. You mad backwards cunt. Why are we not talking? The sentence before it should be Hitchum Chicane was part of the management that brought Nip to bankruptcy, but Hitchum Chicane then saved them from bankruptcy with his own personal money. That is a holistic picture. Conclusion. There is no doubt that the bulk of criticism of NIP from formation of Old Co. to its bankruptcy in the early years of New Co. is justified, okay? So there is no doubt that the bulk of criticism about Old Co. is justified. Totally. It's the same type of criticism. You know, takes the same form. But you're going to see a different conclusion for New Co. and Hitchum Chicane. Um, <laughs> what is not justified is the extension of that criticism by speculation and insinuation when nobody's speculating these are the, there's plenty of factual evidence to back it up uh to the current iteration of nip it may be the same corporate vehicle but it bears no resemblance to the organization as it was in 2014 2015 under former management oh well that's okay then It, and again, do ignore that Hitchum Chicane was part of that management, please, or the entire report kind of falls down. You know, he, he wasn't really running it, except all the times he ran it. And that was normal and totally normal for investors. When, again, we all know that investors generally do their communication through investors at, at meetings carved out specifically for investors. And they don't have a say in who you sign. And no, 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 you must, you mustn't pay attention to the details, guys. Your conclusion has to be the same as the report's conclusion. Hitchum Chicane, good. Nip had some problems. They're all gone now. Fuck Fifth Lauren. Fuck anyone that says anything bad. And let's, and, and his position on the Weezer board is completely safe. Not that they would have ever fired him anyway. This report brought to you by Weezer. Beyond the time I spent with Hitchum Chicane in Stockholm during the first part of this investigation, I've only met him briefly before at eSports events, so I cannot pretend to know him, and I am not here to cheerlead for him. <laughs> or NIP. Uh, I am basing my judgment on the evidence that I have seen. 
To recap, that has involved six full days of looking at documents, emails, blah, blah, blah. Um, how uh, The volume has been at times overwhelming. However, I have seen nothing to indicate that Hitchup Chicane and NIP management and staff are doing anything other than their best to move NIP forward in a responsible and professional way, which isn't even absolving them, that sentence, does it? It doesn't really even absolve them at all, does it? A lot that occurred is very messy and complex, and it would be ridiculous to say that everything that has happened since February 2016 has been perfect and well handled, but it is equally ridiculous that justified criticism from 2013 to 2016 can simply be extended to NIP in 2019. That is not fair, and I hope this report goes some way restoring balance to what has been a very unbalanced attack on NIP and has had a very detrimental effect on NIP standing as a legacy organization in the esports community of 2019. And there's the report. It wasn't fair against NIP, guys. All along, Nip was the real victim. And keep in mind, as I said, I wanted you to remember, 7, 13, 40, right? These all happened recently, right? These all happened recently. They've left out stuff that I know. So the Fortnite roster problem, why is such a great and model organization literally duping naive players into signing contracts that give them nothing but take a share of prize money? Why? Why are you saying that's okay? Is that really the standard ESIC wants to put their name to? Because I would like to think that that's the type of contract you would like to see stamped out of esports, as I would. You even say later in the report that NIP and other organizations must treat volunteers better. Why then? Are you saying it is okay for an organization to deliver none of their promises because, oh, it's too difficult? Mate, being a player is difficult. But I'm back in the game. Happy for you and Maria both. You know, be, being a player is difficult. Delivering you top three finishes is difficult. You don't give a fuck about difficult when it comes time to cut me. So why the fuck as a player should I care about difficult when you make explicit promises that you'll get me verified? You failed. And then you've got the nerve to say they could have took some money. It would have been outrageous. It would have been outrageous. I would have wrote an article. Anybody. I'll say this to anybody in any eSport now. If you're in a contract where you get paid nothing, your org delivers zero of its promises, and yet they take a percentage of your prize money, come to me now. I will publicly disgrace that organization, and I guarantee you they will drop the contract and give you your prize money back. Because nobody, and I mean nobody, is going to go to court to fight that kind of thing as fair. Because it ain't. Because it just ain't. And that's anybody. Then... Can, you know, can you explain why, uh, oh yeah, the Dota management, they were owed money, but then they sort of weren't, but then they were, but we paid it, and then they complained, and then we resolved it totally, and there's nothing to see here. Professional organizations, this is how it works. You're contracted to do a job, you do the job. You get your you get your salary, you get your money, and you get any additional expenses you're owed, any additional percentages of prize winning that you're owed, and it turns up every 30 fucking days on a set pre-agreed day and that's it as outlined in your contract there's no oh well he, he we, we forgot to pay him for a little bit here and then we paid him a little bit here if you're doing it like on the fly through paypal and shit like that you're not a professional org you understand that isn't how it works that's not how jobs work that's not how employment works i dread to think by the way what type of contracts these motherfuckers were on 
You know what I mean? Like, put it this way. Griff will tell you this. I pay Griff when I remember to pay him at the start of the month. And sometimes it's the first, and sometimes it's the eighth. But you know what? We didn't sign a contract. He's he's very much a contractor working for me. I put him down as a tax deductible, right? Because he is in America, uh, you know. But we don't have a contract. He doesn't work for me. He's not in. A, he's not an employee of me, and I don't make employee level expectations from him. If he misses on a deadline. Or if he goes fucking AWOL, I've got no right to make any demands of his time. And I wouldn't. And he bills me for his hours, and I've never fucking challenged anything that he does, and I've never challenged any hours he's got. I've never, you know, I've never fucked him around, because why would I? We've got a good quid, quid pro quo. <laughs> That's a dangerous phrase to use in these times. Arrangement. I would not ever, ever make out that Richard Lewis Enterprises is a business and professional and a model organization. I'm a dude who's too lazy to edit my own fucking Twitch videos. So I pay somebody to do it. That's that. That's what that is. And that's how NIP are operating. And now you've got a report saying <laughs> fucking that that's exemplary. And they're a model organization, and they're doing their best to move them forward. It's nonsense. Absolute nonsense. So, my thoughts on this report, in case it's not evident, is uh, I think this report is a fucking sham. I, I think, I, honestly, I think it's a sham. I, I think it's both a sham and a shame that ESIC have put their name on this, because the, the reality is... The, how do you list all of these faults and all of these errors and and still conclude that actually everything's okay? I, I do not understand that at all. It makes no sense to me. And um, I'm super disappointed. And I'm, I'm super disappointed not with Ian. I, I, I can't imagine... that. I, I think there's been a lot... I think whether he wants to admit this or not, and he can't admit this... There was pressure to produce the right type of report. I'm not saying he's compromised, but I'm just saying the, the mechanics in place of how E6 funded and the relationships with his organization, it raises questions. This would never be believed in in, in public if, if this was like a mainstream sports investigation. It just wouldn't fly, and it's not flying with me, and, it's, it, and it shouldn't fly with you guys. And, and as I said... I'm going to try and get to the bottom of it all. You see, there's loads that was glossed over as well. Like, going back to the Nip TV days, you know, how they fucked over Anders with the YouTube channel, and and that was unbelievable. The Gopher Balkan thing. So many questions about that, you know. Like, and just terrible optics, like Peter buying a brand new car at the same time when he goes missing for a charity. Like, you know, you all seen that scene in fucking Goodfellas, right? Where Robert De Niro says, like, we've just done the fucking heist. We've just done the fucking heist, right? So don't buy anything. 
<laughs> don't spend and, and they walk in afterwards hey we just done the latanza highs uh, yo why you why your wife's good that fur coat on what i fucking tell you well, fucking momo what i fucking tell you i said don't buy anything i said don't buy anything i give you one fucking simple rule i said don't buy anything you should walk in here with a fucking mink if they're sticking out this fucking joint you're gonna get us all clipped clean up go home y you know what i mean Th uh, thanks yolo good to see you back by the way like it's fucking ridiculous you coming in with a fucking mink. And you go, hey, you believe this fucking guy? You believe this fucking guy? And then another guy comes in. And he's driving a big pink Cadillac. And what the fuck? What did I expressly fucking tell you? Did I fucking tell you? I said, don't buy anything. You fucking come. And you know what I mean? So, anyway. That's, that, like, it just looks bad. It just looks bad. Maybe don't buy a car while you're running anything for charity just in case. Like, think about that. Even if you ain't doing anything wrong. Fuck. You stupid fucking mutt. Anyway. So, I I, I, I don't know, dude. I, like, I don't know what to fucking say. Um, about, about all of this. But I'm, but I'm going to go into that. And I'm going to present, because no one ever presented it. We had that one mental guy from Romania. There was like, he wasn't even, right. That guy from Romania, by the way. Um... That guy from Romania. So there was this guy, Richard Gravelescu. I'll never forget his name. Richard Gravelescu. Because he was another Richard. Right? And he came to me privately and he laid it all out. He said, I got all this. I got all I got all this info about the fucking, you know, and I went to he said he went to fucking Serbia or whatever it was. And he fucking or oh, was it Bosnia? Bosnia, I think, sorry. And he, he said, don't want to get them mixed up. And he fucking, you know, he said he, he got all the documents and he traced all the charity stuff. And I said, oh, all right, show it to me. So we, I looked at it all. And it was, you know, yeah, there was some in there. There was some in there. There was some questions. Then I interviewed some people who had access to that PayPal account. I am going to tell you who it was. Because... You know, there were some people. Just saying, good people. It was a shared PayPal account. There was people in and out. And, um, you know, anybody. It didn't have to just be Peter, by the way. If any money went missing, there's about eight people could have fucking took that money. But anyway, this guy, he had, Richard Gravelescu, it became very quick, quickly apparent that he was fucking mental. He was mental, and um, I I arranged to uh, meet him in um, fuck. It was a PGL event in Romania in Bucharest, and he he came out, and he was walking and talking with me. And while we were talking, he went, uh, he went, uh, good job, Anders isn't here. And I was like, oh, why is that? And he said, um, oh, well, if I ever see Anders, I'm gonna murder him. And I'm like, wait. You mean like, you know, funny, haha, -ha, like, no, I will kill him. I will kill him. He is, I hate Anders. He is evil. And I was like, oh my God, you're the guy that's meant to be busting the fucking case open, right? And, and so I talked to Anders about it. And I said, Anders, did you know this fucking guy? And Anders went, oh yeah, that's the Romanian guy who's been stalking me. He says, if he ever meets me, he's going to put me in a box. He sent me messages saying he will put me in a coffin. And uh, I was like, 
sound. <laughs> sound. And that's the guy that had all of the, in, supposed all of the dirt, all of the info. So it's like, what do you do there? The guy's a whack job. What do you want me to do? What the fuck am I going to do with that? What, I got to sit down and have lunch with this guy? How do I know I'm not the fucking next one on, on his list? So, uh, you know, I, I strung it along as long as I could. Like, he was showing me stuff. He was showing me, like, he'd gone to the car lot where Peter bought the car. He'd got, like, the registrations and stuff. And we were like, oh, okay. Right, you are scaring me, sir. But, you know, that's good. I'll look into that. And that, this is good. But he, he was he was a lunatic. He was a lunatic. And I... It wasn't just me who was there. This is the thing. It was like, it was me. There was Thorin. Fuck, who else? Who else was there with us? Might have been like Henry, Sadakist. I don't know. But we were all walking down as he was... Because he was walking with me. I'd like brought him to the group. I was like, oh, hey guys. Because he hadn't done anything crazy at this point. He hadn't done anything crazy at this point. So he'd just been talking and, uh, nice to meet you, shook my hand, you know, and all of this. And we had, like, a coffee. And I was like, oh, yeah, well, I'm going to go meet the rest of the crew now. And he said, oh, can I come? And I went, yeah, okay, sure, no problem. And 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 when we got there, we were walking down the street. And that was when he just started wilding. I mean, like, just wild shit. Like, that was when he said, like, just in earshot of everyone else, I'd be wanting to murder Anders. I think, I think Duncan was, like, looking over at me, like... <laughs> And then he started being racially disparaging about gypsy people and stuff very audibly loudly in public. And now I'm left with the fucking I gotta get rid of the crazy guy. I gotta get I, I gotta get rid of the lunatic. So um I was I, I was like, oh, guys, listen, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry I brought them this mental case uh into our fold. Um, so it's, it's on me. I'll get rid of him, but can, you guys should probably just run away. You guys should just run and head and head for the hills. So I made the excuses and then I was just left with this guy and it was like nighttime in Romania. He's a native. I'm alone with him. Um, he said, Oh, you walk with me a while. I take you to a nice place. <laughs> oh, this is how it ends. This is how it ends. And he fucking took me to the middle of nowhere, and I'm talking like, you know, high-rise flats <laughs> is a nice way of putting it. Cheap housing is what I'm saying, guys. Meaner people would use the word slums. Never me. Never me. So, I'm in the middle of nowhere. Slumsville with this guy who's already talking about murdering one of my friends he's stopped talking about peter and the charity and um he's talking about other things now and i'm not really and i'm just like living in the corner of my eyes you know like fucking right okay this is when we get shanked but uh i made my excuses and he said oh you want to walk you back to the hotel nah it's all good buddy i'll figure it the fuck out I'll figure it out, mate. I don't know where the fuck I am in Bucharest. Keep in mind, oh, he was saying stuff that just flat out terrified me as well. He said, um, he said something like, "Oh, is uh, is not safe to walk by, <laughs> to walk by yourself uh, here. Uh, we 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 have armies of uh, stray dogs. 
Stray dogs, they, they, they attack and eat people sometimes. And I'm like, no, 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 really, surely not. Like, someone would have told me about that. Someone would have told me about the armies of stray dogs that eat humans. But he was like legit, like he was adamant going, if you see a pack of dogs, you 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 must be careful. You they, they If one attack and they draw blood, uh, others, they get angry, they're starving. They, 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 will, they will eat you. And I'm just, fucking right. I'm going to walk home now. Could you tell me, could you tell me which street doesn't have the stray dogs? And I'll figure it out from there. But apparently, like, uh, he was going, no, he's good now. And in nice areas of Bucharest, no dogs, no stray dogs. I was like, fucking hell. So anyway, I had to fucking bail on that. And I was literally just walking through, you know, this rough neighborhood of fucking Bucharest alone, trying not to look like a fucking tourist, clearly a tourist. And uh, I, I flagged down like a fucking, I flagged down like a fucking car, which uh, was posing as a taxi i thought i'll take my chances <laughs> i'll take my chances with the taxi over a fucking street gang it's one guy you know i'm behind him i can fucking choke him out with a shoelace or something <laughs> fucking on the back of the seat i'll take my chance with that over over the fucking over the street gang where you've got to have a straight fucking you know old boy <laughs> fucking 10 fucking dudes you just gotta hope they're super hungry and weak or something like please you know so, so in the end, I managed to get back to the fucking hotel, and um, they were like, all, all the guys were waiting for me, like Duncan and that, and they were like, are you alright, mate? You're like, fucking hell, the things I do for journalism, you know what I mean? So, mm. so, so I investigated it all back then, you see, but what you have to remember is he was the chief witness. He was the guy who did... His blogs are still up on HLTV. Let me let me show you. Um, let me see if they're still there. Because this was the other thing. He, uh... They deleted some of the blogs off HLTV, and um, that was a, that was like that was another reason why they fucking went absolutely crazy about it. He was going crazy with HLTV. He didn't just want to kill Anders. I think he wanted to kill them too because they deleted his blogs. And I remember at the time, uh, I think it was Peter, not the not not Peter P I T A, but P E T R. Uh, he, he had to come out and basically go, no, this guy's a nutcase. But I'm looking at it from this perspective. Well, they're just blogs. So if they're factually accurate, why not leave them up, right? What you're censoring, what you're hiding. And um, again, I didn't listen to him. And I wish I had because <laughs> I was scared, <laughs> you know? I, listen, you get a good, you get a good sense when you've been around situations as often as I have. Uh, as, as often as I have been, you get a good sense for when you are gonna, you you are actually at risk, but you can never know. You can never know. Yeah, you know, I had mates; they never saw it coming. They they get fucking shivved in the back, and it's like you know, crazy. I told you about my mate Parksy on New Year's Eve, gets fucking stabbed, just literally in a in a house party, so because he, he's arguing with some dude, and the guy just literally, you know, people just wig the fuck out. But in general, you get a sense. You get a sense where it's like things are going to go bad. And there's like a weird 
eh, it kind of just descends, you know. But and and, and you know that that this was one of those times there was undoubtedly danger in the air. Um, so I was like, you know, I don't want to die at an esports event in Romania. But um, here, look, there was this. Um, I think I think he transferred them across to. Uh, I think he transferred it across to Reddit. So this this again, it just scratches the surface, you know. Article about Peter and the money from Go for Balkan. And uh, oh, it's Reddit. Strobes. So and again, like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna drag the stream out any longer uh, than than I have to. But but you can see here, like this guy created the fucking timeline. He got screenshots, um, and and talking about why there there were there were not updates. There it is, Richard Gravelescu was asked by Richard on Twitter about the whereabouts. Then he put a Facebook statement out. Screenshot there. Then they broke it all down. Like this is how. I mean, it's clearly Richard talking about himself in the in the third person. If I was a betting person, um, and but th there's still even at the end. Uh, there was the, the the guy reckoned that when they talked to the charity, he had a letter from the charity that said, "Dear Richard, go for Balkans donated sixteen thousand eight hundred and seventy three euros, but the money that was raised was uh, that plus twenty seven thousand euros." So. I remember him even now now that I'm now that I remember it. I remember him showing me the fucking letter. If I remember rightly. I think because so Yeah. Yeah. And then um let me let me just see if I can find the thing. Uh hang on. Let me just find it. Wait, 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 wait. See, people are referencing it in this HLTV uh, thread. Because he did an interview with HLTV, and that was the last I think he said about it. Oh, God, they deleted the fucking thing, dude. Is it here? Yeah, people keep talking about it, but there was an actual photo of it. Uh, was this it? Hang on. Yeah, here it is. <laughs> oh, God. Right at the time. The source is his own Twitter. God, I forgot about it. He literally tweeted this out. So while all this is going on, this is his tweet. Like, dude... Like, again, even if you're innocent, optics! Optics! Fuck <laughs> oh I just can't do it. It's like, it, it is so... It is such 
bad luck if you didn't do anything wrong. And it is so unbelievably stupid if you did. I like, I like, I, I legit don't know which way to go on it, man. And it's like, we've never, we've never had a satisfying breakdown of the money. Like, just, it's never been explained. That's the thing with it, man. It's like, I don't think Peter, like, I don't want to believe Peter stole it. But I also have got to believe that someone, there has to be a definitive account of the money somewhere. Like, there has to be. And there isn't. So keep in mind, this is literally right in the heart of, um, of while, while all this is going on. Like, the, the Go for Balkan charity. Um, when did it run? Uh, did, 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 that's, that's 2015, so that isn't the original. Anyway, fuck it. Uh, th this is all for another day. I don't want to get into this now. Because I don't want to... I don't want to potentially harm anyone's reputation or disparage them. Again, understand. Peter himself has even come... I mean, multiple times has said... Well, you know, th this was in the past. We should... Uh, we should. Uh, I'd love to come on the show. I'd love to come on the Richard Lewis show and talk about it. And it's like, yeah, cool, dude. Like, I, you know, we should do it sometime. And then, you know, it's been busy with other shit, right? But for, for fucking real, the optics are terrible. The optics is so bad. And it's like... Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there you go. So apparently it was May 24th. Uh, May 24th, 2015 is when they started the charity drive. It took a few months. They gave some money away in like fucking August or whenever the fuck it was. And then just, you know, October 12th, same year. Hey, everyone, I just bought a BMW. Like, What's up? Mm. Crazy.